0: This morning, I want you to open up your Bible to Matthew chapter number six. And we are starting a brand new series this morning called The Bridge. It's gonna be entitled Crossing the Great Divide. And we know that many times when we are here on this earth, we have an earthly concept and we think heaven is a far away place. But the scriptures say something very different about the way we think here in the United States and not just the United States, around the world. And so the concepts that we're gonna be introducing this morning are not new concepts. They're foreign concepts. That doesn't mean they're new concepts. We're actually gonna get back to some Bible concepts this morning and we're going to watch over the next six weeks that as the kingdom of God begins to come into your life like you've never experienced and affect every part of your life. I'm excited about this series to me. This is what the Bible is all about. This is why Jesus truly came. Not so you can just get saved and go to heaven one day but to establish the kingdom of God here on this earth. So would you stand with me this morning as we read Matthew chapter number 6. And verse number 9 is where we're going to start. And now this is a very common verse of Scripture, and I hope every one of you guys know it. And the Bible says, pray then like this. Now I'm going to go ahead and stop before we start reading. It says, pray then like this. Jesus is telling them to pray a specific way because if you believe that God answers prayers, say amen. amen. And so if you believe God answers prayers, when we pray like Jesus prayed, he's going to answer those prayers. Say Amen. Okay, so now that we're all on the same page when we introduce these concepts, remember, God's about to answer this prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And now if you've got King James or New King James, it goes on to say, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever forever. Amen. Now, the key verse we're going to focus in on throughout this whole series of the bridge and crossing the great divide is this. It's verse number 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what Jesus is essentially saying here is, God, your kingdom come, the kingdom of heaven, your will be done, which is in the kingdom of heaven, be done on this earth as it is in heaven. So that means God is wanting to establish the kingdom of heaven right here on this earth. It's not a place you get to one day after you die. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so if God is wanting to establish the kingdom of heaven right here on this earth, and it's not a place you get to one day after you die, the one concept we're going to have to grasp for the first concept is, it's called touching heaven, transforming earth. Now, the best way I can describe this is, how many of y'all like football? Okay, how many of y'all have seen a football game? Let's not go there. How many of y'all have seen a football game? Okay, if any of y'all have ever seen a football game, you know that this is the ball, correct? Well, the thing about a football game is that there is... A man who's the quarterback, and he's trying to throw the ball and get it to a receiver on the other end of the field, preferably in the end zone. And there's a defense trying to stop it. But the thing is, it all has to be played in a certain area that is marked out or graphed out on the field. And it is called the playing field. Now, you have the sidelines, which isn't on the playing field. You have where the coaches stand, which isn't on the playing field. You have where the bench warmers are sitting, and that's not the playing field. Okay, we'll call them second stringers, that are where they're sitting, and it's not on the playing field. You have the sound booth way up there and the booth way over there where the offensive coordinators are at. That's not the playing field. So the thing we got to understand this morning is if we're going to be touching heaven and changing earth, God, if he is the quarterback, and this ball represents the kingdom of heaven, he is trying to get the kingdom to us, the receiver, but you know there's a defense out there trying to stop it. So the obstacle God is facing, and yes, this is an obstacle that God faces. I didn't say it was an improbable obstacle. I said it is something God faces, is God's agenda is trying to get the kingdom of heaven to us without interference from the defense while we're still in the field of play. Correct? So while the field of play is this earth, so that means while you're here on this earth, God is trying to get you, God is trying to get where he is at in the kingdom of heaven, send the kingdom of heaven to you here on this earth without the defense messing things up. And so if we're going to do this, here's what God has got to do. He's got to throw the ball high enough for you to get it, but in an area where the defense can't touch it, Well, you're still in the field of play here on this earth. Some of y'all are looking at me like you've never seen a football game in your life. (laughs) See, God's agenda is to throw the ball high enough where you can get it, in an area where the defense can't touch it, while you're still in the field of play here on this earth. See, while you're on this earth, this is called the field of play. So God's agenda is to get you the ball in a position where the defense can't touch it, where you're still here on this earth to establish his kingdom here on this earth. And here's how he does it. He simply puts the ball in a place where the defense isn't. Now, we've learned all through the blessing, and this is how the blessing ties right into this. You have been seated in where? Heaven. Heavenly places. In who? Right. In Christ Jesus. Why? To establish the kingdom. I set you up on that last answer because seri- that's why that whole series was based before this series. Because it's God's agenda when he throws this ball. If I'm going to throw the ball up there to Joey McCoy in the sound booth, and all the lights and everything out there, yeah, Mitch will kill me if I start launching balls up in that sound booth. If I'm going to throw it up there, everybody look back up the sound booth. Y'all do it. keep doing that. Here we go. Look at all the obstacles I got to get through. I got to get through the lights, the bars, and everything else, which is the defense, to get them this kingdom up in between there. And it's, I, I can't do it. I'm just saying. I'm not God. And you don't want me to throw a ball. I'd have better luck kicking it because I'm a soccer player than throwing it because I'm not a football player. The concept we're trying to grasp here, though, is how is God going to get us while we are physically located in the physical realm, how is he going to get us the kingdom from the spiritual realm to the physical realm? So what God had to do, he had to give you the ability right here in this earth while you're located on our playing field to touch heaven and change earth all at the same time. So therefore, while you are physically here, you're spiritually there. And while you're spiritually there, you're physically here. But if you're spiritually there and physically here and God's spiritually there and wants to get his kingdom physically here, what's the avenue he's going to do it? You. See, many of us were raised in church that says, oh, we're so excited because you're saved, you're going to heaven one day. No, God says, I want you touching heaven while you're still located here on this earth. I want you tapped into here even though you're still here. I want you reaching up and grabbing the things of the kingdom of heaven and to bring them here. And I'm going to put it where the defense can't touch it because there's a lost and dying world out there who needs the kingdom. So God, when he launches the kingdom to you, he's expecting you to be in the field of play. Get ready to catch the ball because he's putting it in an area where the defense can't touch it. But only you can grab it. And when you grab it, you got to hold on to it and establish the kingdom right where you're at. Amen? So this morning, your one goal is this. I'm going to touch heaven. I'm going to touch some heaven today because when you touch heaven, you can't help but transform earth. (laughs) When you begin to touch heaven, you can't help but make a difference in the world you live in. When you touch heaven, your marriage changes. When you touch heaven, your kids change. When you touch heaven, your finances change. When you touch heaven, your career changes. When you touch heaven, your recreational activities change. When you touch heaven, literally everything changes in your life. So occasionally throughout this series, I'm going to pick up this ball And when I pick up this ball, this is going to represent the kingdom. And when I pick up this ball, I expect you immediately to remember everything I just said. Everybody say amen. Amen. So if you can't, get the CD, get the DVD, get the, uh, download it on, stream it on iTunes, whatever you want to do, because we've got to understand that the one agenda God has once we get born again is for you to touch heaven and to change earth. Amen. Amen. So God wants to, one last time, throw this in a place Where you can get it, God being almighty God, the ball being the kingdom, he wants to throw the kingdom to you in a place where you can touch it and the defense can't stop it, still in the legal field of play called this earth. When you are born again, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's his avenue to put it where you can touch it and the defense can't stop it because you're spiritually there and physically here, and God's going to change your life because of it. Amen? Everybody say, I got it. It's in my spirit. It's in my mind. Pastor, let's go. go. All right, now we're going to start getting into the message, okay? We're going to start getting into the message and we're going to watch God do something amazing as we begin to touch heaven and transform the earth that we live in. In touching heaven and transforming the earth, we first got to realize, exactly like we talked about in the blessing, we got to realize what God said about us. Now we're going to find out what God said about us. In the book of Revelation, chapter number one, verses five and six. This first point is this: It says, "What is kingdom and kings? What is kingdom and kings?" Now we're going to be laying a lot of foundational material today, so hang with me. What is kingdom and kings? Revelation one verse five and six says this: "To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings." Everybody said, "Made us kings." Made, us kings. made, me, a king. made me a king. Now everybody say, "I am a king." I- See, some of y'all's religious side bowed up on the inside of you. I can't say I'm a king. (laughs) No, he just said you were. So, like we talked about in the blessing, if we're going to get into the blessing of God, we got to quit arguing with the God who created the blessing. (laughs) If we're going to get the kingdom of heaven here on this earth, we got to agree with the guy who's trying to get us the kingdom of heaven. You're a king. The Bible just said it because you've been washed with the blood of Jesus. And now it goes on to say, he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, talking about God the Father Almighty, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. Now if the Bible says he has made us kings, that means he has given us authority, okay? Kings aren't given the label of kings unless they're ruling over something or some area or been put in authority in some way. Does that make sense? I don't call somebody a manager unless I'm going to give them keys and let them manage, amen? So when he called you king, lowercase k, he was giving you responsibility. He was giving you authority to start doing something in this earth. And that something was unlock the kingdom of heaven and bring it here to this earthly located place that we're at, therefore touching heaven, transforming earth. Jesus himself even said it in Matthew 16, 19. He said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven because you're a king, a lowercase k, that I put under my authority as king of kings in the kingdom of heaven. And so God is expecting us to rule and reign here on this earth by bringing the kingdom of God to an earthly location. Amen. So when you begin to think of bringing a kingdom of God to an earthly location, what all do you need to be a king in this world? What all do you need to operate in this world? What all do you need to do to see God change the world you live in? Now, listen to this. An embassy is this. An embassy is basically a small part of a country or a kingdom located in another physical location, but it still operates with all the rights, privileges, rules, and regulations of the country that it's sent, that sent it. You are a part of the kingdom of God, but right now we're not in the kingdom of heaven. We're located on this earth, so you and your life is an embassy. And in fact, you're an ambassador to the embassy that you're a part of. And if you're an ambassador to the embassy that you're a part of, that means you have the physical rights, the privileges, the rules and regulations of the kingdom of heaven while operating here on this earth. No, see, this is foreign concept, not new concept. Jesus, when he came into this earth, he didn't operate by earthly standards, He operated by kingdom of heaven standards. But listen, by operating by kingdom of heaven standards, he fulfilled all the earthly law that God set in place. So he didn't get to go around breaking the law. He actually went around fulfilling the law because God made the law because he was an ambassador from the real kingdom, establishing the real kingdom here in a physical location. So you, being an embassy, this is who you are and this is what you do. When you walk out of here today, you realize you're not walking out of here into a physical location called Sulphur Springs. You're walking out of here in the kingdom of heaven in the area of Sulphur Springs. Amen. Or Winsboro or Mount Vernon or Greenville or wherever you're from. And if you're listening all around the world, and by the way, I love the people who came in this morning and said, hey, I talked my parents in, they're listening to us um, in Louisiana this morning. That's awesome. If you're even in a foreign part of the world and you're listening to this message, you are not in the foreign part of the world. You are in the kingdom of heaven carrying the kingdom out to a foreign location. Now, if you are understanding that you are a king, lowercase k, involved in the kingdom, capital K-I-N-G-D-O-M, which is God's kingdom, because we're under the rule of the capital K I N G of K-I-N-G-S, king of kings. So we have the king, which is Jesus, the ultimate ruler, and under him he has established kings, to carry out the business of his kingdom in a different location than he's physically located. So who are you this morning? You're not so-and-so sitting in the Way Bible Church. You're a king from the kingdom, physically in the kingdom of heaven, while you're located here in the Way Bible Church. we got to get a perspective change. When we start getting a perspective change of being physically, lo- physically in this area here, while being truly located in the kingdom of heaven there, even though we're still here, we still have all the rights, privileges rulings and regulations that go on there to work in down here that's why jesus said i will give you and will give you mean he had to die and ascend before he could give it to you i will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and he said whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven he said you're going to be operating by now kingdoms or the kingdom of heaven rule the kingdom of heaven authority and we're going to be able to make a bridge and cross the great divide and begin to bring the kingdom of heaven into the realm of this earth. Now, I tell you, uh, this is foreign to many of you, but it's not new. So I need you to grab a hold of this because throughout the next six weeks, we're going to be discussing six different topics that pertain to every single one of our lives. And our agenda throughout this next six weeks is in all six of these areas is to get to the kingdom of heaven into that specific area of our life. And watch how God can transform this specific area of our life as we touch heaven to change earth. And the thing about it is, if you're going to be the embassy... And you're really located there, but you're physically in the area of here. you got to stay in some kind of connection with the homeland. Our embassies all over the world don't just go over there as a disconnect and say, do whatever you want. No, they're in constant communication with the homeland and getting information that's from people higher than they are. So that way you're not having to make crazy decisions all on your own. You simply got to call the man above you. See, some of y'all are thinking this kingdom of heaven thing, this begins to be a lot of responsibility. You know, I've got to make some decisions. No, you don't have to make any decisions. You got to ask him what his decision is. And you are a spokesperson for the man making the decisions. So all the pressure is off you. See, there's no pressure on me to preach because I simply say, Hey, what do you need me to do in the kingdom of heaven to bring it physically to this location? And it's not up for debate. (laughs) It's up to you to stay in constant communication with the location up there because you're physically in the area here, but you're simply an embassy or a representative up there down here in this earth. And that means you still operate by the privileges of the kingdom of heaven, the rules of the kingdom of heaven, the obligations of the kingdom of heaven, the rights of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said this, if you want to know what your rights are in the kingdom of heaven, you are co-heirs with me. That means you're not seated below him. You're seated right next to him. You are not him, but you're seated next to him. But you've got the same rights as him because now you're a son of God and a daughter of God in the kingdom of God because of him and him in his generosity. He said, I look at you as equal with me because when you got born again, he became a part of you. Okay, And so in this, as an embassy, as we begin to move forward, we got to begin to watch what God can do as we understand we're a representative of him here in this earth. And as we begin to see this take place, we got to understand this. The Bible, it must not be stories. It must not be fiction. It cannot be history. It must become reality to you. Just because it's foreign to this world doesn't mean it should be foreign in our world. See, too many Christians read the Bible like a history book. Too many Christians read the Bible and say, wow, that was great when Jesus walked this earth. No, no, no. It wasn't when Jesus walked this earth. The kingdom of heaven, the Bible says, is still expanding, and God says, what happened with Jesus should be reality for happening for you now. There is a principle we've got to come to understand, and I call it dualism. Everybody say dualism. I'm downloading a bunch of information for y'all today, okay? So just, just, just grab it and hold on to it and listen to the sermon like five times, okay? Dualism this is what I call it. It's this. Dualism is two completely different worlds operating in the same time and converging on the same place. Two different worlds operating in the same time converging on the same place. Jesus began the, I'm not going to call it doctrine, but I am going to call it theology of dualism because he was All of heaven, all of heaven's world operating in all of this world at the exact same time. So dualism takes place. This is what actually happens. It's the supernatural world coming to take place in the natural world all at the same time. And you know who the time is? You're the time. Because it's taking place in you. Listen to what the Bible says. And it'll prove this point. It says, 2 Colossians 2, verse 9, it says, For in him dwells all the fullness of God. So in Christ dwelt all the fullness of God. So all the fullness of the kingdom dwelt in Jesus here on this earthly realm at the same time. So he was physically a man, completely all God, dually in the same body all at the same time. Now listen to what it goes on to say. Many of you think, yeah, that was great for Jesus. But here's what it goes on to say. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers of the world. So in him, you are complete. That means God can fully dwell in you. Well, you physically walk this earth, but you've got to understand that just because you're in this location, you're truly still in that location, and you've got to understand this duality or this dualism is taking place, and it's converged on the same time called your life. And if it's converged on the same time called your life, and you've got the kingdom of heaven dwelling on the inside of you, it's time that we start getting the kingdom of heaven to start dwelling on the outside of you as well. It's time we start getting the kingdom of heaven to start expanding outside your physical body. It's time we get the kingdom of heaven, not just on the inside of me, but manifesting on the outside of me. And we're going to go through that in the next six weeks, such as in your careers. How many of y'all would love for God to bless your careers? I'm not playing. I want God to bless my career. Because I know I'm doing what I'm called to do. But here's the thing the Bible says. For God to bless your career, he, he already says this. Everything you put your hand to will prosper. That's what he said about your career. You've got to understand that dually God up in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, is manifesting on the inside of you right now. And if it's going to manifest on the inside of you for everything on the outside of you to prosper, you've got to get it on the outside of you too. So you want your kids to prosper. You can't keep secret Jesus in the house. There is no such thing as covert Christians anymore. If you want the kingdom to manifest around you, there can't be secret Jesus running around. Oh, we love Jesus on Sunday, but we can't talk about him on Monday. No, teach your kids how to pray. Well, I don't really know how to pray. Pray then like this. That's how we started the whole message. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You start praying the kingdom of heaven to come into your life on this earth, you're going to see it manifest on the outside of your life. That's right. You're going to begin to see things happen. And so you want the kingdom of heaven to come into your life? You'll see it happen in your career. You want the kingdom of heaven to begin to come in your life? You'll see it happen in your finances. The problem is when you're duly operating in this, you can't try to keep this kingdom repressed and this kingdom out here. You need to flip-flop it. This kingdom needs to explode out here so this kingdom gets pushed back and away from you and you stay in the middle of the kingdom or the embassy that God's called you to be. Under the rules, regulations, privileges, and rights of that kingdom up there. So in this, I'm ready for the kingdom of God to begin to transform your life while you touch heaven to transform this earth. I'm ready to see the kingdom of God begin to work in you in such a way that you come back next week literally saying this, Pastor, the kingdom of heaven done touched my marriage. I don't know how to act in it now because it's different than we've ever seen, but it's touched my marriage. And the problem is, I don't want it just touching one spouse. I want it touching husband and wife we're going to watch the kingdom of heaven transform. I pray that you come back next week and say, the kingdom of heaven done touch my kids. And some of y'all are saying, why is he talking like that? Because that's how y'all talk to me. Joel, the kingdom of heaven done touch my kids. You get excited, you lose all your grammar. Amen. Come on. Right. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Let's watch what God can do. The kingdom of heaven wants to touch your life. The problem is it wants to touch you. You simply don't want to touch it. So we need to begin to reach up, touch heaven, to change this earth that we live in And watch what God can begin to do. So now as I'm going into this last part of the message, remember this. It's touching heaven, transforming earth. You are kings and you understand that we're operating in a kingdom. The things of the Bible cannot be fiction. They cannot be stories. They cannot be history. It has to become a reality to you. It's got to be real. And you need to pray like it's real. And you need to begin to act like it's real. Because it is real and you just need to understand that your mind's gotta shift because your spirit's already there, your mind's gotta shift into this new realm of thinking that I am kingdom, I'm located here. I am kingdom, I'm seated here in Silver Springs. I am kingdom, but this is the realm that God's called me to govern while I'm here in this earth. So how does this happen? The kingdom of heaven is never meant to be a distant place. The kingdom of heaven is beginning to see things we were meant to see here on this earth from God's perspective of his kingdom. If we want to see God change our families, our marriages, our relationships, our our careers and everything else, we need to begin to look at it from God's perspective, from a kingdom perspective. If we want to see God begin to change something, we first got to get a different viewpoint of the kingdom. See, all along you were viewing the kingdom like this. I'm here on this earth. I'm located in Silver Springs. Oh, Lord, help us. What are we going to do? Now, I want you to change your mindset. No, I'm located in the kingdom. I'm a part of the kingdom. I'm plugged into the kingdom. I have daily conference calls with the kingdom. The kingdom is where I live. The kingdom is my realm. I'm just simply located in this part of the world at this given time in eternity. And so when you start thinking like that, you're going to start seeing the kingdom from God's perspective. You know, it was not until I began to see Sulphur Springs from God's perspective did God start growing this church. When I began to drive the streets of Sulphur Springs and begin to see things from God's perspective, not from my whining perspective, and say, oh God, why couldn't you just bring me to a different place than this? Listen, I grew up my whole life saying the day I turn 18 or get out of school, I'm leaving Sulphur Springs. I'm out. I'm out. I'm the only one of my relatives that hadn't left. you say it's God's sense of humor, say it's whatever you want. (laughs) I call it God's mercy. You say, oh, God's got a sense of humor. No, he doesn't. He had mercy on me. He didn't let me leave because he had mercy on me. He had grace on my life. He knew that if I stayed here and stayed plugged in here, I would begin to see Sulphur Springs from his viewpoint, not from my viewpoint. I'd begin to have a voice in Sulphur Springs from his viewpoint, not from my viewpoint. I'd begin to be able to establish a church in Sulphur Springs, not from from my viewpoint, but from his viewpoint, to see Sulphur Springs in this region come to know Christ in a way that they've never known it. And so I'm so grateful that I never left because I want to begin to see this city from God's perspective. And I begin to drive around and I begin to say, oh God. God show me from your perspective and the one story he brought to my life was um, Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones and the question he asked Ezekiel is can these bones live again and I began to declare yes Sulphur Springs can come to life again yes Sulphur Springs can have revival yes we can have conferences here that will change the world yes we can do things here that will transform a region and watch God do mighty things we will literally shine brighter and shine farther and it happened because I started looking at my city from God's perspective you start looking at your family from God's perspective, your kids from God's perspective, your job from God's perspective, your money from God's perspective, your other relationships from God's perspective, your recreational activities, what you do for fun from God's perspective, and God will begin to establish kingdom in every area of your life. Our one goal this morning is this. I simply need you to touch heaven. I need you to touch heaven so you'll transform earth. I want you to get ready to touch heaven and transform earth. And I'm going to break it down even smaller than that. I want you to touch heaven... And transform you. I want you to touch heaven and transform your life this morning. I don't want you leaving here the same. You may have forgotten every point that I said this morning by now. And I'm sure some of you have, but that's okay. Listen to this. Remember this. Touch heaven, transform me. I just want you to touch heaven. God is throwing you Hail Marys all day long to win the game. And you just got to reach up and grab it. Because he's putting it where the devil can't get it. He's put it where only you can catch it. He just wants you to reach up and grab it. Because listen, he throws the perfect pass that you can't miss. It's right in the numbers. Listen, God's got your number today. He's got your number, and this is what he's saying. I'm calling you to just simply touch heaven.